the single biggest mistake we see people make is not investing in profit-focused education and learning more for their for their own management ability in their business. We are Michael Vizi in London, England, and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Today's sponsor is Eva, the most intelligent Amazon scaling toolkit online. Amazon sellers need exact, quick-to-read profit reports. Many sellers already pay a lot of money for these. Eva has world-class finance analytics with crystal-clear graphs included at no extra cost. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers, averaging a 51% increase in profits. To get a 15-day free trial, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com ba.com forward slash eva hey folks welcome back to the e-commerce leader podcast the place to be for those who want to be the best e-commerce leader they can be and we're here to get you there so today we're in the middle of helpful lessons from the profit habits workshop which jason recently ran with kyle hamer his business partner in the coaching consulting side and with zach martin the cpa who is also now an e-commerce business owner. And the insights they brought were interesting because they're kind of more psychological in nature than I would say than, than technical financial things. But all the more important to hear for all that because it comes from real life. This is not a theory discussion today. This is a discussion, a reflection on real life and, and how we can, as business owner operators, come to become, I guess, at least come to terms with, come to be friends with, come to even in the end embrace operating with financial literacy and how we get there and how we uh, you know make friends with our numbers so i hope you find this uh, episode intriguing and interesting as we did to record it and thanks in advance for listening i i would say just to put a more positive or just a spin but a, a more positive relationship to sort of financial insight i would say i'm personally even though my personal financial measurement is a bit messy and I, i'm working on it and i'm in conversation with some people to to, to you know to get the, the books in more in order i'm still very very excited conceptually by it and i i absolutely believe i'm on solid ground there and here's why because i think it's not just about survival and you're you are by the way absolutely right if you're not solid on your numbers right now in e-commerce right now and with physical products but also probably you know other things will come at us economically over the next couple of years we're in interesting times as the chinese curse says but it's not just defensive it's it's if you understand the the numbers you can pull levers that are quite strong movements but safely because you understand it's like a racing driver knows how to drive into a corner at 180 miles an hour yeah. and it's perfectly safe whereas they will drive break down to 20 miles an hour for another corner because that's the safe speed and they have that expertise and yeah. judgment to know what a safe speed is and i my my feeling very strongly from the businesses that are well-run financially that I've worked with, who maybe have other weaknesses that I help them with, but they have really a, a solid feel, a feeling of safety and knowing yeah. how hard they can drive the business without going off the track. And that's an amazing yeah. 
positive growth spurt thing. I mean, the, the business that I've seen blow up most has got the best possible numbers. I mean, there's there's no coincidence there that yeah. I've worked with a business. They came in with two and a half million pounds a month or something in, the, in their best months. And they went out with, you know, like, sorry, no, about 250,000 pounds. I mean, they went out with about yeah. two and a half million. It was just, a you know, 100% doubling each year for three or four years in a row. And, yeah. and they had the best CFO and the most clarity on the numbers, yeah. as well as all the other entrepreneurial things, creativity, risk-taking, but very judged risk-taking. So yep. for me, there's a an excitement about that, that mm -hmm. I, if we could perhaps get people to buy into more, they would be more invested in education mm -hmm. about profit, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm rabbiting on here. What's what's the next <laughs> insight yeah. that you've got that, that you think people need from the, the workshop? Yeah, this one's really interesting, and uh, hopefully it's an encouragement to everybody. I, hopefully we're, this isn't just a list of negativity uh, today, but this one I think is an encouragement, and that's the the fact that I think what I've realized through doing this focus on profit, you know, the training and the, all these conversations, is that it's pretty rare for people to have a financial or business mentor, and most people are in a vacuum of their own thinking and just, I guess you could say an isolation of them and their QuickBooks account <clears throat> and their, you know, Stripe account, PayPal account or whatever it is. And it was like, how do I figure this out? And what, what I've come to realize and really appreciate, to be honest, is the fact that Cinnamon and I started our work on eBay together in 2007, 2008, and we've always done it together. So there was two people who could always you know, if I had a question about the number, she'd look at it. If she had interesting insights in the number and questions, and we'd talk about it. And we we basically took the best and, you know, kind of the thinking and, and iron sharpens iron, I guess. And then, then early on, I guess it was probably 2010 or so, we started meeting weekly with my, you know, mentor, Ron. We go to breakfast every Saturday morning and we talk about business stuff every week. And he's run, you know, a low margin business for 30 years and done incredibly well. And so I didn't realize how unique, I guess, or special that really actually was until I, you know, started to talk to, to other people about these topics. And they're like, well, I don't have anybody to talk to. And, and, and so there you go. I mean, I think that's, that's sort of an interesting insight. And, and I would just encourage everybody figure out how to find a local business mentor, somebody you can meet with, if, even if they're just, you know, even if it's not perfect, you know, because yeah. no one is perfect, no, no relationship is perfect. But if there's someone who has been in business for a long time and they have the mental and emotional energy to meet with you regularly, if you buy them coffee and they have time in their life to do it, maybe they're a retiree or something like that, meet with them, ask hmm. them questions, hear their stories, learn from their stories and, and put hypotheticals in front of them and he see what they say. Maybe they'll only be right 60% of the time. But if you overlap that thinking with what you know to be true and you can integrate it into what your situation is, you'll be infinitely more, you know, solid in terms of your thinking. It really is a, you know, there's a wisdom in a multitude of counselors type situation and getting one is, I think, a, a, it should be a priority, I think, for every e-commerce operator. And, and that would be the first thing would be business mentor. And that's, I get, that's not a paid thing or anything like that. That's a, no, sure. that's just a, a, a friend or a, you know, kind of a local acquaintance that you could say, you know, I, I have somebody who I can speak to about hard challenges in my business. So I, I think that's an, a really important thing for people to think about and to, to look into. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I would differentiate parts between it could be paid and the same person, but it could well be that you pay a coach mm -hmm. 
or a consultant yeah. and you have a mentor, which is rather different. I, I would, I mean, I use the word mentor on my site. I, I've decided that I'm going to change that recently. I haven't changed it yet to mess with the URLs and things, but for people who are starting out, that's an appropriate word, but I, I'm now I'm working mm-hmm. with people who are already into revenue, um, you know, and, and profits. The interesting thing, what my, probably my, one of my most successful clients at the moment, um, Really often we just, you know, he says, I'd be interested to know your thoughts. And mm-hmm. sometimes he's wise enough to not say anything and say, I'd want to know your thoughts first. I don't want to mm-hmm. tell you what I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. If you want to do it that way, sometimes mm-hmm. I will do the other way. And yeah. they'll say, yeah, you're thinking the same stuff I did. I just wanted to check. So a lot of it's a reality check. It's just like, am I going crazy? Or this feels like X is that makes sense. It yeah. does. And then I'd add this, this, this nuance. Yeah. So it's just having a reality check and having a way to refine your thoughts. Yeah. The other experience I have with people, especially, and you must have this a lot of Jason, but when somebody comes on the call with you and they haven't had a consultant before and they've been operating their business and they've maybe got a small team but it's basically them it's like a sort of rush of stuff they just get off their chest and i i, I did this with you when you were my consultant mm-hmm. slash mentor mm-hmm. the same thing mm-hmm. and after about 15 20 minutes they, they're starting to sort their own problems out because they've had a chance to articulate it and once they've heard them catharsis voice, <laughs> yeah. yeah well it's not just that it's just it's, it is kind of emotional catharsis sometimes yeah. like oh my goodness but then yeah. sometimes it's just hearing your own voice making sense of this stuff people reflect back to you what you said and then you think oh yeah you know what i think i found my own solution sometimes which is not mm-hmm. the same process as a mentor by the way but i would i guess yeah. it's another thing isn't it that well we I've, should talk through that the, the yeah, difference between a mentor that's local to you and a paid coach or consultant and and i i would make a big distinction between those two mm-hmm. at, because you and i are both in the coaching consulting industry for e-commerce and but that but a local mentor is different in my mind and here just a few yeah. obvious uh, nuances a local mentor you may meet with and talk to in person, that's very different than a virtual relationship. A local mentor is someone who you do, don't pay for their advice, in my view. It, well, you don't. Be, and the, and there's, it, there's opportunity and, op- and value there. The reason it's interesting to me for it to be somebody who just have as a friend level conversation is they have to be sufficiently motivated intrinsically in their own right and their own mind to want to meet with you. <laughs> <laughs> and and profit motive or, or monetary motive is off the table. It's like, it's not about money. And so, and that's, that means it's a different relationship. And it also means that you, because it's not about any kind of money transaction, it's a long-term, a, a much, much longer term opportunity. I mean, you, you know, I've met with Ron since 2010. If I was paying him monthly for his advice, I would not still be talking to him. I just know myself. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I would do that for, you know, 11, 12 years. And so that, that that's the distinguishing characteristic to, in my mind between a, a, a local mentor that you can find and you should, and then coaches, which of course I'm not anti-coach. I'm all, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm pro coach. I am yeah. a coach, but yeah. I do think that those are obvious uh, differences that people should yeah. sort through and have both because the answer is both and not either or. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that, that actually uh, one thing we've got to give ourselves um, a break on is do you think about child's education how much money it takes to get people to pretty basic abilities and like people mm-hmm. when they're adult learners of the piano and then adult learners of business always paranoid about the fact that children learn incredibly quickly yeah. my experience of piano teaching in the past no that's not true they learn very slowly they learn mm-hmm. their abcs and their alphabets pretty slowly they learn to mm-hmm. speak slowly they learn to walk slowly <laughs> and they learn to do any skills like playing the piano or riding a bike or riding up mass slowly but we pour as you know parents and, and teachers pour mm-hmm. money and time and effort for years yeah. because we know the payoff will be big and i think we need to give yeah. ourselves the same grace that mm-hmm. it 
it is going to take money and effort. Sometimes it's paid, sometimes it's different. It's developing a relationship, having the courage to talk to a mentor. There's always some kind of cost. And and we need to have multiple people helping us. And we need that over time. I think that's just yeah. a reality. To yeah, try and totally. starve ourselves of that is to do ourselves a disservice as business people. I think it's just not it's yeah. not mentally possible to survive in a vacuum. I think somehow, yeah. you know, my yeah. my take. So what's your next insights around this stuff? Yeah, the next one is is a follow-on, if you will. But it is an interesting insight that there are, I guess I didn't, I guess I didn't really honestly know this, but there are really vast differences between people who will support you in terms of your tax filing and your tax uh, situation. And in the U.S., you know, everybody knows, go find a CPA, certified public accountant. You want somebody that has that credential. In the U.K., it's chartered accountant, uh, I think is the phrase. And so we all know that. But the quality of what you get from those people is a massive spectrum that I honestly didn't quite understand. Because, and I'll describe it this way, when we found our CPA, he always spoke into our business in terms of optimizing for tax efficiency and profitability and would just answer every question we had. And we had questions and he would take the time with us as a part of the process of doing our filings. And then, and then we started meeting with him more than once a year because it just was so much, you know, learning and insight. And he was ready, willing, and able to speak into our business. Other people have a very, very different experiences with their CPA or chartered accountant where it's literally, give me your numbers. Here's what you pay the government. See you next year. Or, you know, pay Becky at the front counter on your way out. That is very, I mean, that's like shockingly different, you know, outcomes and results, I think. And so to me, I just wasn't, you know, I've only had my own experience and I haven't like shopped around and, you know, hopped around from one person to the next in terms of having those CPA relationships. But I just realized through this, you know, effort and, and working through these topics that that is actually situations people find themselves in where they have a marginal support or help from their CPA. And so I mm. think the t- takeaway, the, the the lesson is go find yourself a really good strategically minded and business minded CPA that ideally has e-commerce expertise that can help you optimize for tax efficiency and business structure, legal structure, all of that to really make sure that you're optimized because because failure to do that means that you're missing out on huge opportunities. Yeah, you know, or can can be, you know. So, I agree a lot with this. I I would say, I mean, I like you. I had quite a, a lucky experience in the sense that I had the first accountant I really worked with in any seriousness on business. Really came from a coaching community, which is the same one that sort of pitched me into getting into Amazon via a course. A course. So she had a background as a financial coach as well as a, mm-hmm. a CPA or chartered accountant, which I think is a critical distinction. I, I think I chose her well it wasn't partly luck I, I chose her because i thought she would be that kind of person i was right but i think the the distinction for me is you want somebody who is able to be a financial coach for you as well as just doing your taxes right. and it's a little bit like a legal advisor versus a lawyer so for example lawyers will help you with real estate transactions we've recently remortgaged some property we brought some a while ago to property meaning real estate it's ironic you guys use the word real estate because it means royal and you don't have royalty but anyway it's a hangover from the british days i, I have no idea what you're talking about but that sounds very <laughs> interesting we need to dive into that at some time <laughs> real estate anyway property real estate yes, so we yes. bought some a while ago and 
our lawyer did a ton of work and they didn't really advise mm-hmm. us. And I think they just did a load of stuff that ticking legal boxes, right? Which is yeah. a different value. And I th- really think a great CPA, it's really simple. They need to be good at taxes and they need to be good at explaining it, which is a whole, it's just two Venn diagrams that cross over to give quite a small percentage of the population of CPAs. And you've found a good yeah. one and I did as well. Yeah. And as you said, many don't. So I think that's the key. Yeah. I Find think yourself somebody's an advisor. Well. It is the key and it unlocks massive profitability. I, in my view. And so I would just, if you find yourself in a situation where you're really, really unhappy with your tax, you know, preparing process or service or person you work with, uh, shop around, ask for, ask for recommendations from other people and really find somebody who you can lean into in terms of tapping their brain and expertise that a good CPA will work with, you know, dozens or hundreds or whatever of businesses that they can speak to your business from the, I guess what you might call the advantaged position of having seen so many other businesses, none of it's confidential information that they'll share. It's just models and process and ideas, but it will be refined through the fire of hundreds and hundreds of business for, for, for years and years and years of the journey. And that wisdom is synthesized so profoundly by those people. If they'll share it with you, you will really accelerate your journey towards uh, profitability. Yeah. I agree entirely with that. Now, the next point that you that you had to, to do with was really to do with, you know, unlocking that knowledge that CPAs mm-hmm. or, or fi- you know, financial specialists can have. So what, yeah. what's that insight? Yeah, the final one on our list here is I think what I've realized is people um, frequently don't even know the questions to ask to help unlock profitability in their business or don't have the, the formulation of kind of the areas of business to really poke into and probe into in a way that unlocks lessons and specific tactics or strategies. And I'm not saying that to be, you know, kind of a judgmental, but I it just strikes me that a good question is the foundation of change in your business and and migrating from le- less profitable to more profitable uh, in your business. And those sets of questions around all the different various types or aspects of your business, from staffing to facilities to marketing and advertising costs to inventory <laughs> you know, management, inventory, payment to, you know, tax and legal structure, international structures, and on and on. I mean, there's there's so many areas that impact your profitability and having insight into how to approach those and even ask questions, I think is the foundation. I would love a book, to be honest, and I've started to think about this, like, give just give me a book of a hundred amazing questions to ask my CPA. That's you know, and that, that would be a that great sounds like book. A good book. Yeah, it would just be. Like, yeah, absolutely. What, what am I supposed to ask about this topic or that topic? Or because just seeing the question, be like, oh yeah, that's a thing. Oh, uh, okay. And it, you know, it's hard for me to. I, I mean, I can't do it in this podcast, but list all of the questions that are relevant. But you get the idea that in every one of these business categories, there are ways you can run profitably and ways you can waste money. And this, you know no one intentionally wastes money. <laughs> like only a masochist in, intentionally wastes money in their business. Nobody does that. You accidentally waste money and you don't uncover that unless you have the ability to ask questions and probe into it. So I think that was an interesting takeaway. And 
And, and I, it, it just spurs me on to want to do more work for mm-hmm. our community and r- to really research more myself and, and put things out in terms of content and maybe books or whatever to really help people get after this stuff in a professional work a day trade craft level, non shiny object, non, you know, <laughs> salesy yeah. way. It's like, this is just, this is just yeoman's type work, like show up and like start, you know, using the tools in your toolbox to sort it out. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there for us as coaches, business leaders, and, and teachers to, uh, to help people, you know, hundred percent. I, I, by the way, I've been thinking in very similar lines myself. I mean, I don't think it's been because you, I mean, you and I have discussed profits every so often, but we discuss a lot of things, but I think I've been just coming to more and more the same conclusion myself, looking at my clients' businesses, thinking there's so much opportunity here, but there's so much waste and I'm not equipped on my own to do this, but I know some amazing mm-hmm. accountants and, and specialists. And I want to kind of put together a structure that makes sense. And I've got the pieces of it and, and, and I'm feeling the same and it's going to be harder to sell because it's not a shiny object. But what yeah. I do think is it kind of is, I think it's a perception thing to, to the point that you're the overall theme that's emerging for me from this, this podcast is that it's about mentality that there seems mm-hmm. to be this thought that, you know, whatever it is, Facebook marketing, retargeting, the latest yeah. Amazon ads platform. Shiny objects, yeah. Yeah. Are they ever going to do what? They're going to drive revenue and that's going to blow your business up. Well, what do you mean by blow your business mm-hmm. up? Well, revenue isn't your money. But if you think I could sell my business, there's actual real money in your pocket. And I've seen multiple ones of my friends do this with Amazon businesses and will continue to see it, I'm sure actually a million pounds of cash coming into your bank that's real money that's not theory that's not something made up by an accountant yeah. that's an enterprise value in other words you've sold the business for x that is a reflection of profit times multiple that's real money and if we can get excited about the profit number going up and the defensibility going up meaning actual yeah. money in your account that's when it's a shiny object actually and i think really the, the closest we're getting to a shiny objects about profitability is aggregators everyone's already talking about them mm-hmm. in the amazon space yeah. and then people are aware of it's a multiple of x and then they're really thinking about their bottom line and taking that yeah. number more seriously than they used to i think that's actually a healthy development on the back of something which is like anything else maybe too much of a bubble and a trend but yeah um the thing i would say with a cpa my experience is to ask them simple questions. I mean, first of all, as a CEO, mm-hmm. if you're setting strategic goals for your business, how does this help get me there or is this getting in the way? But another way is to just stand back and exactly what you said, they've they've had the luxury of insight, well, the luxury, they've had the fire of insight into hundreds of small businesses in their experience and just say, okay, in this kind of business model, what are the opportunities and threats you see? What what do you typically see as being an opportunity which we could take advantage of and what typically brings down a business like this? And then let them give them mm-hmm. your, their insights because yeah. that's quite a broad question. They're probably very well equipped to answer because of the patterns that emerge after hundreds and hundreds of such consultations, you know? Yeah, totally agree. All right, man. Well, that's the list. And really, really hope that it's a spark some interest and in, in, in insight into how to go forward successfully towards profitability. And uh, I would just encourage everybody, it's a perfect time of year as we're recording this. It's the end of the year. It might be live on our on our show on, you know, early in the, the new year. But nonetheless, whenever you're hearing it, it's a it's always a perfect time, I guess, to think about what's the profitability level in your business and what are your systems and processes set up to clearly show you and what opportunities exist. And so, yeah, I, I just hope that people really take the time to think through this. The, the biggest the biggest worry that I would have or regret that I would hate to see people uh, make is to have sold 
millions in their business and then look back and realize they could have been much, much more profitable, twice as profitable, three times as more profitable. You know, they could have, they could have had so much more profit from the effort. And to me, it's almost like a stewardship thing as, as I think about it. It's like, you know, it's, it's not actually about the, the, the specific number. It's just about stewarding the, the, the engine that you've built and really getting optimal, you know, horsepower out of it or mileage or whatever your metric is for, for profit. And that's my hope for everybody is that you take this insight from this conversation. And, you know, we don't even have the profit habits uh, content available now. The workshop's over. I think we'll make an evergreen version of it, but there are 17 habits that we work through. There are key insights for all of them that help unlock, you know, information for us as operators. So that's my hope with all of this is that people just get better and better at managing their their, their their business and and see it change their life and change their family and change their community and you know and and really change the world because businesses can change the world and yeah i i think that's a great ambition i also think sort of stewarding the engine you've built i was just thinking my metaphor springs to mind is those giant american cars with like seven liter engines or whatever you guys measure it in mm-hmm. cubic inches or something uh, yeah, and versus a Formula One car. Formula One car is limited mm-hmm. to about a two-liter engine, but they they scream along at like twenty thousand revs per minute and produce mm-hmm. an incredible amount of power and speed. Mm-hmm. So there, that's for me like an incredibly yeah. highly tuned yeah. business that that spits out profit like crazy versus a big lumbering business that is producing a lot of revenue, but is very very wasteful and inefficient. Yeah. And then I think that that's an is, interesting metaphor. Uh, it, Formula One engine, engine versus yeah, my Dodge trucks, five point eight liter. Yeah. I mean, yeah. nothing against the Dodge truck, but the, the thing yeah. is to not devalue either of them. I mean, either right. of them could be the perfect vehicle for you. But the point is to not just see the size of the engine. And that's mm-hmm. it. That is not the end of how an engine works. And any Formula One engineer will tell you it's a lot harder to engineer, but it's a beautiful, incredible thing. Yeah. So there you go. It's engineering. It's financial re-engineering is one of yeah. those words people use. And I think that's an exciting thing so there you go a formula one car as a metaphor maybe a bit sexier as a shiny object yeah. go uh, would you mind just summarizing those those uh, i think it's seven sort of takeaways that you had so what, what are your thoughts yeah in summary people are jaded when it comes to the topic of finance and profitability defensive untrusting maybe burned out maybe feeling burned and we all need to think about our psychology and whether we have those negative sentiments that we bring to the party and don't approach it open-handed and with a positive uh, frame of mind. Second um, takeaway is many people would avoid uh, the topic if they could and would prefer to avoid it until crisis happens. Uh, third insight is people come to the realization that profit as the focus is central over time. And the first focus is always top-line sales, which is fine, but the maturing business owner realizes that profitability is key. The fourth big takeaway is that the single biggest mistake we see people make is not investing in profit-focused education and learning more for their for their own management ability in their business. The fifth takeaway is getting an informal mentor locally that you can meet with. Sixth uh, takeaway is getting a really good CPA that adds value and strategic insight for business efficiency operations and tax, you know, efficiency as well. And then the uh, the seventh takeaway is all of us need to get better at figuring out what questions to ask of our bookkeeper, our CPA, and ourselves about how to unlock profitability in our business. And I think if we do these things and we focus on them, we're going to be better off in this coming year. So there you have it. That's the summary. 
I like it. Turning your Dodge truck into Formula One business. <laughs> that was, sounds like a very odd ambition, but you get the idea. So you have, I believe, a sort of virtual CFO service that's come off the back of the, some of this profit habits work. Oh, yeah. is, is that available to the general public or is that only for your members or how does that work? Yeah, no, actually, Zach Martin is the one who helped co-teach the uh, the workshop. He's a CPA with all the you know background and and consulting. Uh, he is doing some slots of time with us now going forward every week as basically a virtual CFO in in people's businesses. So Kyle and I focus on Shopify. I focus on Shopify. Kyle focuses on Amazon with people. And Zach now is coming alongside some coaching clients. He only has a limited number of slots. And we're basically bolting, bolting him into or that service into our consultancy. And so if that's of interest, you could hit us up on winningonshopify.com. That's our best current site to use in terms of contact form. Uh, we can talk to you more about that. But it's really a pretty short list of hours he has, to be honest. And But but we'll, we'll relaunch the Profit Habits Workshop again in the spring and probably make an evergreen version of it. So that would be the other takeaway for going forward. Yep. I like it. By the way, just as a sort of backup to the hilt, really, the importance of getting a virtual or, or fractional CFO. I spoke to Jim Mann, who's a friend of mine for several years at British Amazon's seller. I think he sold a seven-figure business a while ago, and he works for Thrasio these days. And he said mm-hmm. the, the two big takeaways for him were supplier credit is an incredible thing. Utilize that to the max. That's a sort of technical hint, if you like. But the other thing is get a fractional CFO. Mm-hmm. Incredibly important in his view. So there you go. Wow. So if you want to build a business that will be acquired by the biggest PE guys in this space, I think to date they've raised $4 billion or something close to that. By the time you hear it, it'll be out of date because they keep raising more money. And those yeah. guys take that seriously. So that's a good hint that you really should take that seriously. I think that's an amazing opportunity. Yeah, we're I, calling it a yeah. virtual CFO. I guess fractional CFO is the it's phrase. The thing. Well, that's very fractional and virtual, I suppose, is both. Yeah. In other words, like you get an insight for one hour a week as opposed yeah. to somebody 40 hours a week dedicated to your business. Or whatever the, the 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 method or the rhythm is, I I I can't stress enough. I I think that could be the biggest game changer for most people out there. I mean, they're obsessed with marketing already because that's what we all obsess when they get marketed to, right? It, it, I can't I can't stress enough how important I think that is. And it's not just my idea; it's the biggest acquisition guys in the space of it, e-commerce huge, right now. Huge value, yeah. and I think the reason he said that is because if he's being generous to the people who are listening to that comment then what he's saying is optimize your profitability and you'll optimize your business value and you'll optimize yeah. your exit, you know, Absolutely. have a million yeah. dollar business that makes zero profit and see how much people are going to offer you for it. And yeah. Well, so another way of putting it the, is it, it is not a million dollar business. If you, you're measuring right. stuff by revenue, but in that's terms right. of enterprise value, right. it is zero. The enterprise yeah. value of a business with no profit is zero. Exactly right. Yeah. So yeah. that's another way of putting it. Yeah. The final thing to say, I guess, is, is as ever folks, if you're enjoying the show and um, don't forget to rate the podcast on Apple uh, iTunes or Apple podcast i should call it and uh, subscribe on your podcast player of choice i'm, I'm it's very nice to see on spotify that our uh, subscribers or followers are growing pretty steadily i have to say that they've been growing pretty uh, well i've been telling the audience over here that we're number one e-commerce show on spotify when you put a dash between the e and the c for e-commerce and uh, but it's blown up man and, and some i think we're number one for no dash between the e and the c as well when you search for e-commerce at least that's what happens when i've seen people do it and i've done it in spotify i don't know how rigged those customized results are when you search for items but nonetheless we're having a great uh, turnout in spotify and it's an honor if you're watching or listening on spotify be sure to do whatever you can to like the show give it a heart i think and that puts it into your favorites or something like that so thank you everybody who's checking us out on Spotify. Really appreciate it. 
Absolutely. Well, it's been a, a great show. Thanks for sharing some very interesting psychology of profits. I think that's quite an interesting topic. Interesting, yeah. interesting discussion. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.